Hello, everybody. On tonight's episode of Backseat Quarterbacks, I am joined by Stephen Bruin. Benny has decided to take a hiatus from the podcast for this episode. He was asleep. I do not know what's wrong with him, so if you can, send him uh, send him flowers. Send him something to bring his spirits up. Uh, I'm just kidding. He's in Denver uh, applying for a job. Congratulations, Benny. Give him a round of applause. Finally getting out of his bum ways. He's a great guy. So, um, on this podcast, we discuss stocks, Stephen and I. We discuss GameStop and how that shit blew up and made a lot of people rich and made some hedge funds uh, go close to bankruptcy. And then we discuss sports, of course. We talk about our NFL head coaching rankings of the new hires. So, there were seven new openings, seven new hires. We go through all of them and give you our list of seven to one. Backwards to back, worst to best in our opinion. And uh, I looked at other lists from a few years ago, and the person they ranked worst was Doug Peterson, who won a Super Bowl. So uh, if that's the case, I'm going to spoil it right now. Dan Campbell, congratulations. Anywho, this is a fun podcast. Uh, next week or on Sunday, we are going to do a basketball recap of what's happened so far in this season. We're a quarter way through this season. Uh, I said we were going to do it this episode. We're going to do it next episode on Sunday when Benny is back. And yeah, so here is me and Steven Bruin, Ugly Steve. Steven, Benny, oh wait, Benny has oh, decided to uh, to slack on his on his job. Actually, this is this is what he does full time. He gets paid from me to do this podcast. Don't I pay you guys well, Steven? Yeah, actually, I, too much. I feel like sometimes. Yeah, I can give you a pay cut, but I, I'm a very generous man. I'm very very generous with my with my newfound wealth. Um, guys, I'd like to just announce that I'm I'm officially retired. GameStop has put me into retirement. Thank you, thank you, GameStop. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. I missed out and I'm very salty about that, but I have a new idea that everybody should get on immediately tomorrow morning. I'm not a financial advisor, but I'm going to be investing in a, in a, in a brand new technology known as Nokia phones. You may have heard of them ah. 15, 20 years ago. They're back, baby. They're to the moon, to the moon tomorrow, to the moon, <laughs> to the moon. So GameStop, that's the, that's the story that everybody wants to hear. That's the, the news of the town, the talk of the town. And, uh, I wish Benny was here to, to talk about this because he he gives some great takes about stocks, you know, our, our good friend Benny. Um, yeah. <laughs> so here's what happened with GameStop because I've actually been asked by a few people, uh, why is GameStop doing what it's doing? So a hedge fund named Melvin Capital and a few others, but mostly Melvin, which is a funny name for a hedge fund because it's not it's not uh, controlled by a guy named Melvin. It's just <laughs> Melvin Capital. Um, they were shorting GameStop at I think 140% of what uh, GameStop's price was, which basically means they're bending it to go bankrupt. Well, Melvin Capital has been a notorious short seller on Tesla, amongst other things. I think short selling should actually be illegal in securities trading because uh, it's really un-American. You're bending on a company to fail and you profit off the failures of that company or that commodity. And anyways, this Reddit online community, Wall Street Bets, that I have been praising for months now because they're hilarious uh basically said let's let's uh let's band together and uh throw a rebellion on their ass and that's what happened and initially the stock went from 20 to about 40 dollars a share uh let me look at this chart real real quick it went on <laughs> so it, it wasn't at like four dollars a share in uh yeah. in uh 
you know, November or September. Uh, and then in December, it raised to, it was a sitting around 15, 16, 17, $18 a share. Uh, reasons for that move was uh, the chief executive officer of Chewy, the dog toy manufacturer and the dog store, uh, the online dog store, uh, kind of did a hostile takeover in GameStop and got three board seats. And so there's a new leadership at GameStop. So this is the reason that I moved there. Makes sense for that. Um, but anyways, over the last five days, it went from $39 on Thursday, January 21st to closing today at $347 for a, a pretty a pretty nice return if you invested around at the, at the $40 mark or the $20 mark. Uh, good return on your investment there. What happened was the rebellion on Reddit, followed by Papa Elon Musk tweeting out about it, which caused a lot of people to jump in because he's the meme lord. And then Chamanth, I uh, can't pronounce his last name, but a, a great investor pounced on it. And then hedge funds, other hedge funds who also don't like Melvin, I'm assuming, uh, also jumped in on it like BlackRock who made $2 billion off of this. And so GameStop is the talk of the town because this is basically retail investors, quote unquote, retail investors going against Wall Street, right? This is really the Occupy yeah. Wall Street that everybody's been looking for. The this thing is- This is a better that, version of that. <laughs> yeah, it is because a lot of people got rich. But the truth is that the people on Wall Street bets that YOLO'd their money at this is a very, uh, is a sizable, but not entirely the fraction of people that have caused this. You have these other hedge funds that are moving on the news too and, and investing in these, in these stocks because they see that there's an easy dollar to be made with all the uh, surrounding attention. It's pretty wild that Elon Musk has this power I'm just like, I cannot believe it. I, I get it. I mean, I understand that people really fanboy over him, but he tweets out the Wall Street Bets link and that sends it up 100% after hours yesterday, which is just unbelievable. And uh, here's hoping he does it with Nokia as well. That's all yeah. I can ask. Why, you know, make Nokia the official phone of, uh, the official phone of Tesla. No. Yeah, the official telecommunic power of uh, Tesla. Yeah, it's crazy. If you, if you would have, if you would have got in and like, when the whole market dropped or like in a or even in the summer you would have been in at like four or five dollars and you would have been up eight thousand percent almost nine thousand percent that's amazing <laughs> that's that's it's like insane. eight thousand seven hundred two hundred <laughs> it's 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 actually unbelievable i think it's just crazy it just goes for the that like you know because you know wall street's always fucking over everyone else so and then now they're everyone's clamoring that there needs to be like some some backfire on this. It's like no, <laughs> it, the common people are finally allowed to play in the in the in the rich man's gambling game, and they're upset about that. Like who cares? Yeah, there's. I mean, there's also uh, it's happened with more than GameStop, right? Uh, AMC, the AMC, theater chain. That's that's at, at BlackBerry. <laughs> yeah, BlackBerry, AMC. Um, there's a few other too that I can't think of that that are up basically hundreds of percents in the last few days. AMC. Did a smart thing, their company, they actually issued new shares. So they're going to be, they're actually going to be protected from bankruptcy because of this. So they, you know, <laughs> Wall Street bets saved a company from going bankrupt. They love their movies. They love their movies. Yeah. I actually uh, love AMC. They're much better than Regal. <laughs> yeah. Well, good, good. I'm happy that I'm happy that they're going to stay. It's what's going to happen, I think, is there's going to be new rules uh, implemented after. In a, within the next couple of months by the SEC because not not the Southeastern Football Conference but the <laughs> the yeah. Securities yeah. and Exchange Commission <laughs> right Securities and Exchange Commission I think that's what it is um, yeah 
because the of course you know if if this happens hedge funds are going to be the winners here at the end which it makes no sense except it does when you see how much money is in these hedge funds uh but this is an amazing day today and the last few days and hopefully we aren't going in too late and uh, Nokia, Nokia is going to be a winner. But I have been getting a lot of questions about GameStop and why it's up and, and what's going on. And yeah, the Reddit rebellion did a lot, but it, the underlying investments from these billion, or I, maybe, I, I don't know how much BlackRock has under, under that they're managing, but I think they have a trillion dollars in there that they're managing. Uh, so even trillions of dollars uh, of infrastructure is now investing in this. And yeah, BlackRock has 8.7 trillion in their investments. So uh, that's amazing. That's a lot of money. And that's not to say what happened wasn't spectacular from a retail investor standpoint, but I've just been, I just, I can't believe it. GameStop, they picked a good one with AMC, a bad one with GameStop, because I actually hate GameStop. That's a company that, that I don't think anybody can actually be a fan of. <laughs> yeah, because like, I don't, even when I buy used games, I usually go on eBay and pay like, one tenth of the price and give the money to like you know probably someone who like a small business that like sells used games i'd rather give it to them than gamestop yeah exactly gamestop's terrible but and if i want to trade it in i'd rather sell it sell to someone who probably actually wants the game <laughs> <laughs> what's that guy's name there's this guy on reddit uh on wall street bets that is posted every day um of of, oh, of i know who you're talking about is a deep fucking value now though it's deep. Yeah, yeah I think that it's deep, one that he's one of the big guys. Yeah. Yeah. Deep fucking value. So he did a $50,000 call, which means, or he did $50,000 in calls, which basically means a call contract gives you the right to buy a hundred shares at a certain, at a certain uh, number, certain dollar figure. And he, uh, it was a 50,000. He's now put in about 750,000 after uh, all things considered. And that $50,000 at the end of today turned into, uh, has turned into, Forty-seven million nine hundred seventy-three thousand two hundred ninety-eight. Um, that's now. If I was him, I would have sold a long time ago. I would have sold two days ago or three days ago when I see what's happening. He's riding it strong. He has took some profits off the top, but that guy never has to work a day in his life again. And yeah. uh, on a fifty-thousand-dollar investment, and he didn't have to work a day in his life um, after January twenty-fifth. So two days ago, it's worth thirteen million. <clears throat> so in two days he's gone from 13 million to 47 million yeah i think that's i think it's time to cash out <laughs> yeah i i i'd cash out but he, yeah i uh, probably would cash out at 13 like a like a loser i would have cashed out he he's posted a lot so december 22nd it was at 3 million okay i'd cash out then yeah i, I would cash out I at ca- 2 million i, I would have cashed out at one million bucks. Uh, who's li- for holding? Who's lying here? I would I would have cashed out at like the first hundred thousand. <laughs> yeah, I would have cashed out too when I doubled it. But it's I'd be like, thank you. <laughs> credit to that guy. That guy. That guy has balls yeah. to be able to. Because people, people always talk about what's your tolerance for risk. That guy is standing on a cliff doing a backflip. Kind of <laughs> value of risk. That guy's insane. Yeah, deep fucking value. Congratulations, but. So yeah, to answer everybody that listens to this podcast that asked me about stocks, because I that, that is our friends, I guess. So I don't know how many of them actually listen to this. I know Brandon does. I know a few a few others do. But We're uh, just sending a link from now on when people ask us about this. We're sending yeah, a link. Yeah, just post a link. <laughs> but so call and put options. If you're doing options trading, feel free to reach out and talk to me about it more. It's pretty complex and don't do it unless you actually understand what you're risking because there is a, there is a pretty big it risk is. factor 
if, if it the, goes the, the math on it is actually very complicated. It is more complicated than people make it seem. Do you know the Greek alphabet, Stephen? The Greek the gamma, alphabet? the gamma, the delta, the beta, the alpha. So it's you know um, the alpha of the stock. Yeah, <laughs> I would suggest if you're wanting to get uh, in on these things like Nokia tomorrow to buy to buy uh, to buy shares instead of options, and just hopefully it rides out and you can double or triple your money. If you get options, I mean, for example, you can make thousand percents on these these things. Uh, for very little premium at the at the start, but if it goes the other way, you could end up uh, being on the line to buy 100 shares of something. Which I don't know how many people that listen to this podcast um, have that much free cash flow, but maybe they do. Maybe we have a lot of rich listeners. I saw somebody from uh, Austria listening. You that you listening now, Austrian? Arnold, is that you, Arnold Schwarzenegger? Mm, you never know. So, uh, so, so someone posted on uh, Wall Street Vets like a couple minutes ago, and it said it, it has the from the big short it says deep fucking value and it's like i'll tell you when we sell (laughs) (laughs) he made a lot of money on this too by the way that guy yeah he made a ton of money too so it's wild it's wild it's been a great ride for the people i wish i'm very salty that i didn't get in on it uh i posted the 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 meme jesus i've seen what you've done for others and i just want that for myself (laughs) just want it for myself so nokia tomorrow that's the plan that's the game so okay enough investing i'm young warren buffett okay uh i wish i was he's he's a rich man as well let's talk football coaches all seven positions have been filled all seven positions actually we're going to take a break and then we're going to do football coaches be right back okay here's the break buy coors light silver bullet 16 ounces buy them please and also coors light sponsor the pod please that's all I can ask. I can only ask for that. Please sponsor the pod. It's not that big a deal. You make a lot of money selling beer to me. The least I can do is is uh you know promote you and then receive free beer. How about that? Bye, Coors Light. Okay, we are back. Listen to what I'm opening up real quick. Oh, now my neck cracking. Now my neck cracking. Now me punching Benny in the nose. We're not. We're not the chiropractor. This is a silver bullet that I'm sipping on. So. My friend, Steven, I wish Benny was here for this. We are going to rank the head coaching hires as the final slot was just filled by the Texans. All seven spots are now spoken for. Here is who was not hired first and foremost. Eric Bieniemy, Chiefs offensive coordinator. Brian Dayball, Bills offensive coordinator. Joe Brady, uh, Panthers offensive coordinator. And LSU's passing game offensive coordinator last season when they had the best college team of all time. Uh, Brian Lefwich and Todd Bowles, both of the Bucks assistant coaches. Todd Bowles has been coaching his ass off in these playoffs, and I'm actually surprised he wasn't he wasn't more sought after. His defense. I didn't think he was out. interviewed or asked to interview. I, I think he got interviewed by the Texans. I think he was interviewed by one place, but I, I could be wrong. And then finally, Josh McDaniels, who – had, who was the front runner for that Eagles job for a little bit, it seemed. And I'm just going to say that these five names, these five, six names, I would take over everybody except for maybe two of the people that were hired, which means next season when there is six or seven vacancy, <laughs> they're going to have some really good names to choose from. I cannot believe some of the people that were hired this year, all first time head coaches, some of them uh, were interim head coaches, but this is all their first time, full-time NFL head coaching job. So let's rank them. 
Okay, we're gonna go. We're gonna go in. Uh, we're gonna go from last to first in our opinion. These are way too early, obviously. Who knows? Maybe we'll be surprised. Usually, one rookie head coach every year makes the playoffs. So think about that when we're going through these rankings. I know who I think can make the playoffs. It's not who I have number one because I think that job's a lot harder to get good. But I do think that uh, I think I know who I would pick to make the playoffs. So number seven, this is a list Steven and I both agree on. So uh, I'll just announce it and then we'll talk about it. Number seven, Dan, the man Campbell uh, makes literally no sense that he was hired. Here is his coaching history. He was an intern in my, he's a, Oh, okay. He played, he played in the NFL for, for like 10 years uh what was he a tight end yeah that's why he's the tight ends coach <laughs> born one day after me one day after me a lot of years before but uh april 13th uh here's his coaching history he was an intern with the dolphins he was a tight ends coach with the dolphins for four years interim head coach with the dolphins then he left there when they hired adam gase i think is who the dolphins hired uh if I, yeah, it was Adam Gase. He went yeah, to 2015 and yeah, 2016 and spent the last four years being the assistant to the head coach, not the assistant head coach, the assistant to the head coach, Dwight Schrute reference, and the tight ends coach for the Saints. Uh, he was not sought after. He was really random. And he took this job and gave one of the worst opening press conferences of all time. I get the hiring rationale. They want a, they want a culture guy. Well, Sala is from Detroit and they could have got him if they really wanted him, but they, they went with Dan Campbell. They gave him a six year deal. They were bidding against themselves uh, over under two and a half years for this guy. They're going to be without Matthew Stafford. The lines are in a complete rebuild. So I don't think it's yeah. going to work out very well. And they gave him six year, they gave him a six year contract, <laughs> which uh, I think coaching contracts are guaranteed. So I, 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 if I'm the Detroit ownership, I'm pretty upset that the GM talked me into this or I'd be upset retroactively in a couple of years. I'll say this. He's passionate about football. So if he can get buy-in from the roster, maybe it works out, but uh, I don't know. I don't know if this is the type of guy that, that, that can do it, but good luck to Dan. He's, he's the last place on our list. Uh, Steven, yeah. what do you have to say about Dan Campbell? Hmm? Yeah. So there's one thing that I don't like about this is like, and everyone's main concern is like, no one really knows much about him and how his offensive or defensive philosophy is going to be at all. Cause he's been a tight ends coach and an assistant head coach. So it's kind of hard to say how well he's going to do, but I mean, if you don't have an impressive resume, you get hired for a job. I don't understand how that's going to work out. Um, I've seen that um, Aaron Glenn, their uh, saints defensive back coach might become the defensive coordinator for them, which will probably be pretty good because their their defensive backs are actually really good. Um, so we'll see if that works out pretty well. But I'm kind of hesitant to see how their offense is going to be with no Matthew Stafford. They'll probably lose Galladay too, I've heard. So this is going to be a total rebuild, which might work out in his favor because he'll probably get an extra year or so to really try to build this team up because the Lions don't seem like they're – super desperate to hire and uh, hire and fire people super quickly, especially if they're letting him uh, do a total rebuild. So he'll probably get hit at least three years, probably four years, but yeah, you're uh, probably right. You're probably right. Sorry. Yeah. That's the only positive I can see for uh, Dan Campbell, uh, but we'll yeah, see. Man. I mean, they're going to be atrocious next year, but we'll see like if he can bring in free agents and actually build a culture because 
no one's been able to do that in Detroit. And I don't know. I mean, they've tried serious people. So maybe, maybe this shot in the dark might work out for them. But right now I'm going to give this the worst grade. <laughs> Detroit should not have fired uh, Caldwell. That's really what it all boils down to. He was a no, fine coach. He was the only good coach. <laughs> exactly. He was a good coach. He's also a person that was not hired this year when I was going through people that, were, that weren't that were hired, that are better than a lot of these people. Uh, Caldwell was a good coach. They fired him. They wanted the shiny object in Patricia. They hired Patricia after his defense, and the Super Bowl gave up, what was it, like 42 points against Nick Foles? Yeah. So, eh, <laughs> don't, know about, don't know about that. I probably would have retracted my offer. And uh, – <laughs> Obviously, Patricia didn't work out, and now it's Dan. Dan the man. Okay, number six, announced tonight. David Coley did not know who this was, personally. Uh, he was the assistant head coach, not assistant to the head coach, the assistant head coach, wide receivers coach, and passing game coordinator. He's 65 years old, so he's older than most coaches in the NFL, but he has a long he has a long track record of coaching since 1978. So that's 40 years, 30 yeah. years, my 88, 98, 2000. Okay. 40 years. Yeah. 42 years. Um, I wanted to make sure I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't calling 78 year old or 1978 people 50. Uh, so he's coached a long time and he, and he has stints with, uh, he, he coached under Andy Reed as a wide receivers coach for 11 years in Philly. Uh, he went with him to the chiefs. And coached the wide receivers there for six years, then went to the Bills, coached the quarterbacks uh, in 2017 and 18. And most recently, he was what I what I listed as the assistant head coach, wide receiver coach, and passing game coordinator. Now, this hire is kind of – it's really random because he's 65. And realistically, the, the Ravens' worst part of their offense was their passing uh, and their wide receivers. <laughs> I will say this in his credit, he had a lot of, he didn't have much talent to work with, with the wide receiver group. Um, I guess he yeah. impressed in the interviews a lot. I was thinking they were going to go with, uh, with Leslie Frazier here. I assume they want, they offered the enemy, especially with the Deshaun Watson stuff going on here. This job is, I mean, this job is awful and they're gonna, they're, it looks like they have to trade Watson. The trade Watson will get a big haul of draft picks back. I love uh, Casario, their general manager, who I cannot believe took this job because uh, he's walking into probably the worst, the worst situation in maybe professional sports, like in the big three. I can't think of one that's yeah. much worse than this. You win four and twelve, and now your franchise QB is demanding a trade where he gets to choose where he goes, which probably drops his value a little bit. And now your first hire is a 65 year old coach with no head coaching history at all. It's kind of odd. And I don't think Casario is going to, going to last very long here. And he's going to be, I can't believe he left the Pats for this. I really can't, yeah. but uh, he gets an upgrade in title. And that's, that's kind of, that's probably important to him. And he's working with Jack Easterby, which is, I guess, one of his friends, but the, the head coaching hire is kind of a, it makes no sense to me. And if it works out good for them, I don't know how long, I mean, he's 65, right? This is clearly going to be a short term. Yeah. It, fe it feels like this is not a long-term hire. Cause if yeah. you're 65, you're not expected to coach for 10 years. <laughs> like, yeah. Makes no sense, but I do I do rank this higher than Dan Campbell because I think this guy's track record in coaching is is quite a bit uh, more polished and better. And I like that he's coached under Andy Reid for all those years because it seems like there's two places you hire from nowadays. It's either with McVeigh or with Reid. 
And yeah, so those seem to be the higher the, the, the coaching trees people want. And Andy Reeds hasn't been um it's honestly been pretty good. Um so it's not too bad. I, I do like that he has a track record. Um a lot of people talked highly of him. It's just kind of weird because usually the, the last team does not get they still had a ton of good options out there that were still available. Like they could have waited and picked someone that they wanted. They actually had the pick of the litter besides two people. So uh, that's what I'm saying. What happened here? What happened with these coaching hires? It's literally, there was, there's about, we, we did this on one of these podcasts earlier in the year about who are these candidates. And basically we all agreed that the, the big three was, Sala, the enemy, Dable. Two of the three weren't hired, yeah. and that doesn't even include uh, Brady from the Panthers, who was who's literally who people are looking at as the next McVay slash Shanahan slash Lafleur. And so, <laughs> you know, I love Stephen A. Smith when he does Lafleur on on first take. He literally does Lafleur <laughs> like every time he says his name. He like he says it, and then he does it in the French accent. I don't know why. It's like a, it's a tick. It's funny. It's hilarious. <laughs> He did it as a bit once, and now he can't undo it. <laughs> yeah, he can't undo it. Um, and it makes no sense that some of these coaches got hired. Now, if I was a head coaching candidate and I was young, like like Joe Brady, like Dayball, like the enemy, or really any of these guys, Leftwich and Todd Bowles aren't that old, and same with McDaniels, any of the guys I named, um, I would have stayed far away from the Lions, far away from the Texans. Uh, but these other five jobs – that we're gonna go in. That we're gonna go talk about now. Yeah. Um, I think I the Eagles think another one you could you could throw. It's like team yeah, I wouldn't want line. I wouldn't want the Eagles, but the 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 rest of them are are somewhat desirable jobs. jobs. That I think that I think there's a, a base there that you know you could build from. So number five, you have uh, Sir, uh Sirianni there. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna agree with you there because I I don't we don't need to compare lists. I I have I think it's at one A one B on this. Yeah. Um, let me bring him up. Sirianni, is it Nick? Yes. There's a, yeah, if Nick. you go on if you search Sirianni on Wikipedia, here's how you get. Carmel Sirianni, 1922 <laughs> to 1991, American politician. Uh, she was a member of the Pennsylvania House of Representatives for 15 years. Congratulations, Carmel. Um. Joseph Sirianni, Australian tennis player, made he never he, wow his career record seven and fourteen. He made four hundred thousand dollars though in tennis. Congratulations, Joseph. Uh, Mike Sirianni. This is dad. No. He's a head coach of Washington and Jefferson. Career record one hundred fifty six and thirty six. Wow, Mike. Ooh. Is right. he not related to this guy? That's a wild last name. Division Division Three football. No, he's only 40, 48 years old. He's got a three and bull record. Three and bull record. Nice job. Wait. Basketball. Football. No, it's football. Well, he's coached there for a long. He's coached there from two thousand and thirteen, two thousand and three. Jesus, two thousand and three to present. That's amazing. Hire Mike. Get him out of there. You have a D one job, and now head coach job, <laughs> and now, oh, and then there's Rob Sirianni, who is a Canadian-born Italian professional ice hockey player. Yeah, that's boring. Thirty-seven. <laughs> He's retired. I'm about to be retired tomorrow after uh, Nokia goes off. Uh, so okay, Ooh. Nick. <laughs> Nick is a 39-year-old who has played or has coached under 
Andrew Reed, uh, of course, because that's yeah. that's what people want. It's pretty odd to me that we have that we have these. So the the Eagles fired Andy Reid as like a mutual parting of ways. They hired Chip Kelly, who is supposed to be this innovative guy in, in the NFL like he was in college. Turns out he wasn't. And now the innovative guy is Andy Reid. And so <laughs> now <laughs> that's pretty wild, right? The 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 Chiefs offense is very innovative. The old guard was the was the new guard. <laughs> yeah. And uh it's funny, hindsight's twenty twenty, but I'm sure the Eagles regret ever firing Andy Reid, even though they won the Super Bowl with Doug Peterson a few years ago. Doug Peterson is from the Andy Reid coaching tree. This guy was the offensive coordinator under uh, Frank Wright, who was the Eagles offensive coordinator, aka under the Andy Reid coaching tree. So yeah, it all connects. They've, gone, they've dipped. They've double dipped at, under Andy Reid two times now, following Chip Kelly. This job, I mean. The thing is, is I don't think anybody thought that this guy was going to be the the hire there. It was trending towards Josh McDaniels. There was Deuce Staley, who everybody has speak highly about being being a potential head coach, who has moved on from this uh, this team altogether. Which I think that probably would have been a better hire. Um, I think this guy had a good. He was good in. He was good in Indy as the offensive coordinator. I don't think he called plays. Not that that is a huge deal. We've seen. But, uh, oh, his brother is Mike Sirianni, the head coach of Washington and Jefferson. He gets a personal life part on, on Wikipedia. His brother didn't get one. So sorry for misrepresenting that. I was like, that's odd. You have two football coaches, same last name. And that's like two of the four Sirianni's alive. And then Wikipedia database. You'd think they're related. They are. They're brothers. Uh, well, Mike, sorry. Your brother is an NFL head football coach. You're coaching Division Three college. I know who the favorite child is. You know? Yeah, I don't think it's you, Mike. I think it's Nick. Nick's a favorite child. Um, I just think it's, I just think this is a surprising hire. I get it. You take this job. It's a, it's a, you know, a prime job. You're in the NFC East, the most popular conference coaching a historic franchise. I don't know how it's going to work. You have to manage the Carson Wentz, Jalen Hurts fiasco, figure out who your quarterback is. I think it's going to be Wentz because it seemed like they fired Peterson because he wanted to move on from Wentz. So it seems like it's going to be Wentz. That's the one thing I'm kind of worried about that a lot of people that I follow that are like Philly fans, they're kind of scared that this hire was like to be like a puppet for, um, you know, upper management owners and stuff so they can get what they want out of the team. So that's one, one fearful thing that people have, but I was looking up stats on this uh, ESPN article here and Eagles last year were ranked 30th in time to throw for the quarterbacks last in the amount of times they got sacked and 30th in turnovers, whereas the Colts, even though he's not calling plays, people, you know, benefit towards him with his quarterback coaching. Is uh, yeah. time to throw was third for the for the Colts, tied uh, for second with sacks and third for turnovers. That might also be due to their line being great, but um, a lot of people have been praising him for his his work in this. So I think this is so far the last two I don't really trust in the coaching in the coaching scheme. But I I think he might have high upside, like high risk, high upside for this guy, especially. So I think a young guy coming in, I think that should be more what teams are going for if they're trying to build long-term. So I think I, this is one of my lower ranks, but I think it's one that wouldn't surprise me if he actually turned this team somewhat around because it's, it's probably one of the best divisions you could be in for all these hires to actually maybe win your division. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree with any of that. That's a good explanation. I think that will, yeah, it's a terrible division. So 
if he can actually make Carson Wentz uh, play work, <laughs> yeah, if he made him if he makes him play to a similar level as he played in this the Super Bowl year where he got hurt and didn't play in the playoffs, but he was playing at an MVP level, they'd probably be competing for the division. So uh, yeah. we will we'll see. Okay. Number, what is it, four? Number four, Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer has never coached in the NFL. The NFL. Uh, but he has success at Utah, at Florida, and at Ohio State. Um, it's He's coached some of the best college teams of all time. Like, yeah. <laughs> so. And he yeah his career record in the ncaa is 187 and 32 that's an 854 win percentage he's 12 and 3 in bowl games um everywhere he has gone he has made a winner out of nfl is a different ball game we saw that with nick saban right yeah um but being said i'd say urban meyer is probably in this generation the second or third uh best college football coach i'd say it's saban's easily number one. And I'd say yeah. it's between urban and probably Pete Carroll for number two. Um, yeah. And so Pete Carroll has been successful in the NFL and urban's walking into a situation where, um, where they have a shitload of draft capital and they're going to have Trevor Lawrence with the first pick. Who's, you know, probably going to be good. They, this is their picks this year. They have the first and the 25th and they have the 33rd, the 45th and the 65th pick. So they have, uh, five picks in the top 65. If they can hit on four of those picks, if they can get, well, Trevor Lawrence, you, you got to hit on that. But I mean, if they can hit on the, on two or three of the re- remaining six picks there or five picks there, um, along with the young talent they have on the team, they have really good talent under the age of 25. I can, I'm not going to name everybody, but it's basically <clears throat> DJ Shark. Oh, yeah, uh, both sides of the ball too. Josh Allen, not the quarterback, but uh, <laughs> uh, let me. What's James that? Robinson, Miles Jack. They have uh, C.J. Henderson, who's been pretty good. Uh, they, yeah, they have a lot of yeah. James Robinson, like you said, Lavisca Chenault. They have a lot of talent, and I think that they had terrible quarterback play this year. Uh, no, no disrespect to uh, to to Gardner, my man, my man Minshew, Minshew, uh, or Vlad Lutton. They're just not yeah. cut out to be to be uh, to be the QBs uh, to be starting quarterbacks. So I think you get Lawrence in there, and if he's as good as what well, what I believe he will be, they're going to be competing for that division immediately. So this is a an odd hire because it's a guy that has never coached in the NFL, but maybe it works because you have Trevor Lawrence going from college to the NFL, and so you have a guy that coaches college, right? Like you have a guy that that is situationally aware. I would say his staff that he's hired or that that he's uh, put in place. I'm not a big fan of Daryl Bevel being the offensive coordinator there. I yeah, don't think that was, I think that's a weirder hire than urban Meyer. <laughs> uh, Joe Colon is the DC that they hired there. He coached. Uh, I like that hire. He coached the Ravens defensive line these last four years. I, I think that's a pretty good hire, but um, we'll see. We will see. It's going to be, it's going to be odd to see. Urban Meyer back on the sideline. He kind of, he kind of retired due to migraines is what he said. And I mean, I feel like it's a lot harder to coach in the NFL than college. So hopefully that those are gone. He hasn't coached for three years. He's been out of the game, but he did this after Florida, right? He took two years off before going to Ohio, Ohio state. And, um, 
Look what he did in Ohio State. Yeah. He turned them from being a good program to being back to their dominant ways that hasn't stopped since he left. He instituted a culture in the team. So he's a culture guy. And uh, I think it's going to be, I think he's going to be a pretty good, pretty good coach. I, I don't like the hire because I think there's better people out there that they could have got, but it's a big splash name. And I think that that's what uh, Shad Khan, the owner wanted, and he got him. I, I don't know what he's making. I have not seen the salary on this, but I am assuming it's got to be. It's the highest. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's got to be around. Well, he was doing a TV gig, so it's got to be around a Gruden offer. I feel like maybe not ten years, but it's going to be something. It's going to be something, something monumental. So yeah, if it doesn't work out pretty soon, pretty early, um, when you have Trevor Lawrence, you're probably gonna you aren't gonna move on. He's he's got control of this team for a long time, and I know he has uh, personnel decision abilities too in his contract. So. Don't know what he's making. Yeah. No, he's, no, he's got that though. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, I think this is at least for Urban Meyer the perfect situation for him. He gets the number one pick, and it seems like Khan has given him complete control of Jacksonville, and I think that's what he wanted. I think that's the kind of situation he wanted. So yeah. I think this is a perfect hire for Urban Meyer. Now for the Jags, I I don't know because we'll have to see how he does in the NFL. But I think being freshly just done with college in Ohio state with how many players were there. He probably sells great relations with all those players. And maybe some of them will want to come over in free agency and play with urban Meyer. So that might be helpful in him and using his old, uh, you know, recruiting tactics. You so, think he goes back? Uh, he goes back in the league. <laughs> I was thinking maybe like uh, Zeke comes over. <laughs> I'd rather have James Robinson than Zeke. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I, I think it was a good. Can't stand Mike. Just, Can't stand Mike. He went to Ohio state. Ooh, yeah, he was a asshole there too. <laughs> but I, I think this is a good hire. It just I can't put it in the, into the top three because I, I think this is just a big name splash name for a smaller market team. Um, but he's still much better than I like. I like him a lot more than everyone below him. So also a massive upgrade over Doug Marone. Doug Moron. Yeah, he was. Um, he's already an upgrade above them, which which you would think would mean he's a little higher up, but he's he's not. Let me look at Doug Marone. What's he up to? Did he get a does he is he an OC or something somewhere? Doug Marone coached the NF an NFL head coach. He's been an NFL head coach for the last three years, and he coached the Bills before that for two years. He is now an offensive line coach with Alabama. That's where he went. Welcome to Alabama, but that's a huge, that's a massive drop-off. Wow. Bill O'Brien's our offensive coordinator. I, uh, the offensive coordinator job at Alabama is pretty nice. The offensive line coach, a pretty big drop off, Doug, Doug, Doug Moron. Uh, so hopefully he's not back in the NFL anytime soon. Okay, top three here. Here we go. The third coach we are ranking here, Brandon Staley. Ooh. He is from the tree of John McVay. He's coached the defense in the in LA this year, the best defense in the league, right? Is, yeah. that, is that how we're, is that where we're ranking them? I think um, were. yeah, yeah. I mean, they were first in points and total yards allowed. So I mean, that's yeah, the only year. This is the only year there. I mean, before that though, he was the linebackers coach with the Broncos, correct? Yeah, yeah. He and spent I mean, three seasons there doing that. I believe it was three. Well, no, he was only there for one year also, but he was with Chicago as their linebacker. Oh, yeah, he was – sorry, he was with Vic Fangio. That's sorry, I was remembering that wrong. Yeah, 
and he so yeah i just i just pulled this up i think that this is a pretty good hire he's a defensive mind i was which is what uh which i guess that's a change of change of uh that's a change of pace from anthony lynn if i if i remember correctly anthony lynn was an offensive guy yeah Yeah. he was a he was a running backs coach um i'm fine with the defensive hire and I think putting this third is good because he actually was a very accomplished coordinator in his one year. He now they had a great personnel and and with the Rams, but um, it still takes coaching because we last year they still had that same personnel. They weren't number one. Um, probably the only head coach to ever get hired and not have to move, which is nice. Yeah. <laughs> keep it, he probably doesn't keep the same house or wherever he's living because now he's got a you know a pretty big upgrade in pay, but uh, he he doesn't really have to you know move his family cross country if he if he has a family that's a real question does he have a family yes he does three sons colin will and grant there you go wow he had lymphoma uh he was 24 (laughs) but got his uh health records pulled up here let me just (laughs) (laughs) he beat it cleveland clinic congratulations that's good uh damn i did not know that uh but he his wife is named amy so amy staley they're staying in the same spot they're staying in uh staying in la I like this hire for his track record with the Rams last season. And I think that um, those linebacker groups that he coached in, um, in Chicago and then in um, Denver are elite tier linebacking position groups, right? Like you had Khalil yeah. Mack in Chicago, you had Vaughn Miller in Denver and Bradley Chubb. Bradley Chubb yeah. <laughs> And who has he picked as his offensive coordinator? Has that been announced yet? Because I do want to see, um, I want to see who that is. Yeah, their offense coordinator. He hired Joe Lombardi. Uh, Joe Lombardi has coached. He was a Saints quarterback coach these last four years, so he knows the Saints offense. So if you're gonna, that's a great hire. That's a great hire. I don't really need to say much more. The Saints uh, offense has been a top ranked offense for the last. 10 years. Right. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, and so obviously you bring that over my one thing, the reason, the reason that I don't think this is higher up on the list, Brandon Staley. And I mean, realistically we're in the top three, but um, I think this was the job for either BN or Dayball that would have been by far the best hire you could have made because you have, you see what they've done with those offenses with Mahomes and with Josh Allen and what you have with Justin Herbert is you know, close to a combination of those two, the arm. Now he's probably not as talented as Mahomes, but the arm is so strong, and you have you have a really good roster in place. This is probably the best situation, right? I think we'd agree. Oh, on that. easily. This this is this is a team that should have made the playoffs. Yeah, they should have. They should be. They should be contending year over year, especially yeah. with how with how good Herbert looks. Yeah. Herbert is an elite yeah. level talent. Maybe. Over. Yeah, they're not. They're probably not going to win the division with Patrick Mahomes still there, but. I think this is oh the system quarterback Pat Mahomes yeah yeah I I think I think Staley can actually make this a a wild card uh, team pretty easily if he's even half of what people think he's going to be I think people are quick especially in the media I've seen that people are like oh was this too quick to hire someone like this and I'm like this is the this is the kind of guy you want to hire someone who's like like, it was only one year you know in and did a great job and you you got to try someone like this out. It's not like the chargers had, they had one of the worst head coaches last year. And I think yeah, we all love Anthony. Lynn too. It's actually crazy how, how bad he was last year. Um, yeah. So I think, 
I think with this team, with him, and if he's a halfway decent game manager or has someone who is the game manager, this this team's going to be amazing because this team has honestly, out of all the people hired, best roster, best quarterback, and best overall team. So I think they can. I think pressure's on him though. It's going to be on him quicker than most of these coaches to turn around year one. So that's probably going to stink for him. But I. I mean, he got hired into a great situation, and if he's if he's a good coach, I think this is a playoff team. I agree. Uh, number two, Arthur Smith, heir to the heir to the FedEx throne. One of the heirs. A lot of a lot of kids in that family. Um, how many kids? Frederick like Smith. Four. Nine. Nine? Nine. Oh, geez, I was way off. Including sisters, Winland Smith Rice. Oh, best way. Uh, Sorry. And then don't Molly, worry about that one. <laughs> yeah, don't have to worry about the inheritance of that one. That, that's pretty sad. But uh, uh, Molly Smith is a film producer. She's made. Have you seen any of these movies? Oh, wow. Yeah, you have. Wow. Molly Smith is the is the is a good child. Honestly, here. Sicario. La La Land. Oh, love it. Love it. Wow. Those are the two big ones. The Good Lie. I mean, that's a good movie. You wouldn't, you wouldn't hear of. Um, but Sicario is uh, like one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> great movie. Holy, uh, Molly Smith, congratulations! God, could you imagine that? You're like, you, you, you're already like a billionaire, and then your kids actually are like. I know it probably helps to be a billionaire, but like they're actually successful and not just like, you know, just living the life off your money. Like one of them. Yeah. What, what are like, Bezos's kids doing, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, are they the head coach of the NFL team? I don't think they're old enough to do anything yet. So, hey, Bill Gates, are you, what are your kids doing? Let's look at Bill Gates' children. Let's see what they're doing. Bill Gates. Do they have Wikipedia pages? Because I know that uh, Fred Smith has three kids with Wikipedia pages. What about the other six? That's the question. He had nine. When you're playing, when you have nine kids, that's a 33% you know, Wikipedia page right there. What's the other six? Yeah. That's a real question. That's a good ratio. Yeah, 33% is. Yeah, one in three. Um, let's see. Does Bill Gates have kids with uh no, I don't think his kids have Wikipedia pages. So yeah, you're he right. Has two kids, yeah. It's three, yes, three. I'm always off by one. Yeah, you're close, but uh no cigar. Yeah, I can't yeah, find I can't find I can't find Wikipedia pages. So I mean it looks like yeah, it looks like Frederick Smith gets the last laugh. Arthur Smith, though, in Atlanta. Gets this job after being the offensive coordinator the last two seasons with the Titans. The former offensive coordinator is Lefleur, who has been 13 and 3, 13 and 3 back to back seasons with the Packers. So good track record there. He's actually been much better in his spot than Lafleur was at, at yeah. Tennessee. A lot of that is due to having, um, um, Tannehill under center instead of Mariota. But uh, so his coaching staff, he's filled out. I'm not a huge fan of this. His coaching staff, he put in Dave Ragone as the offense coordinator. He was a passing game coordinator with Chicago last year. Doesn't seem like a great spot. He was the, the bears offense or quarterbacks coach from 2016 to 2019 pretty surprised that this is a pick but realistically it's he's going to be calling the plays on offense so it doesn't matter that much uh the defensive coordinator is dean pease dean pease is 71 he's an old man but uh he is most known for being the linebackers coach for the patriots and 
the defensive coordinator for the Patriots from 2006 to 2009. He looks so much older than he looked when he was on the Patriots, but that's what makes sense. All these old guys look super old, except for Pete Carroll. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, then following that he was, he coached with the Ravens. He was the Ravens defensive coordinator for like five years and uh, then Tennessee for two years. And he took a year off and now he's back. He's back, baby. Coaching with his former uh, compadre on the other side of the football. So here's why this is ranked number two for me and Steve, you could give your own, your own reasoning. Uh, You get rid of Dan Quinn. The roster is really still good. And We've seen, uh, we have seen Arthur Smith work with Tannehill, and I think that you're upgrading a quarterback talent-wise to Matt Ryan. Although Tannehill can scoot a little bit, you do have uh, you do have one of the more prolific pocket passers of this era. You look at Matt Ryan. I mean, we we can talk about Matt Ryan all we want, but uh, truthfully, he has some amazing stats. And you have your your wide receivers are you know, bookmarked with Julio and Calvin Ridley, but Russell Gage is also really good. You're drafting high. Uh, I don't think they're going to move Matt Ryan. Like some people thought, I think that this, this hire kind of, kind of secures him to the roster for going forward. Cause this isn't mo- as much of a rebuild as some people think this team had a terrible season. They had the fourth pick, but they, you know, they, they lost, they lost so many close games. Every game seemed to be one score. Um, they should have started this. They started out, what was it? 0 and 4. And each game they had like a 21 point lead in or something like that. It's kind of, it kind of doesn't make sense how they, how they had that bad of a record. So I do think this roster, it doesn't have too much cap room, but I think that you have the meat and potatoes there to actually be a good, a good team. Uh, if things work out correctly, which I think having this guy calling the offense, uh, Fantasy wise, expect big seasons by Julio and Calvin Ridley, like usual. But I mean, I think that it's more of a sure thing now. So that's my take on that. I like Arthur Smith. I think he's good, and uh, uh, it's pretty crazy that <laughs> he's he's going to inherit a billion dollars. <laughs> yeah. Put it in. Put no, it in. I, hey, hey, Arthur. I uh, you manage your own investments. I'm sure right now. GME GME stocks. Nokia tomorrow. I mean, it's going to go up. Nokia, come on, come on, Arthur, help me out. Yeah. Fred, so too. I think this, get your dad on the line. Get your dad on the line. Fred, Nokia, come Fred, on now. Nokia, come on. Uh, I think this – so the Falcons have always been – I feel like the Falcons and the Chargers are the team that are always – we always talk about a quarterback away from the playoffs. The, these teams are a fucking head coach away from the playoffs. Yeah. The, the Falcons are just the NFC version of the Chargers, honestly. So I they have – they they're – their personnel is not as good as the Chargers, but I think their offense is very comparable. Um, so I don't like their defense as much as the Chargers. I really like the Chargers defense, but I think this is still like, uh, if you look at their lineup, they should still be a playoff team. It's just their bad clock management, bad game management all around from this team for the last few years. Same thing with the Chargers. So I think uh, bringing Arthur Smith, I think this is another one of the coaches that could uh, be the freshman to, uh, make it to the playoffs this year so i think it's between him and the chargers because our lineup's ready to go and make the playoffs so i like this hire a lot this is probably one of the better hires obviously because uh, it's number two but i think he'll be good um we'll see how they draft honestly they could probably they're probably going to go defense i don't know who they're going to go but there's a lot of great um there's good cornerbacks there's good <laughs> defensive ends there's good 
uh, defensive line. There's tons of good players that they could pick up. So we'll see what they draft. But I think, I think they're going to trade the good pick. Team. I think they're going to trade back. Somebody's going to trade. It would be smart because a lot of people are going to go. I think a lot of quarterbacks and wide receivers are going to get picked up way too early, and um, it's it's, it's going to be bad. So I think them trading back would actually be great for them. Yeah, first four picks I think are quarterbacks. Realistically, yeah, I think the only one I could see is um, I could see the Jets trading their pick and going back and maybe sticking with Darnold. That's that's the first that if I had to if I had to put money on it, I'd put money on the Jets not taking quarterback and trading it to someone like the Texans for a shit ton of picks and then getting getting more picks and building out their team and letting uh, well they get Deshaun Watson that deal is what would happen I think I don't think it yeah be- or that would be great too I would so, I would actually love that <laughs> seg- segue into that our our top uh, our top head head coach hire uh, we agreed on this it's Robert Sala Robert Sala has been the defensive coordinator for the last couple of years the last three years with San Francisco uh, where they've had you know a, a this season, the defense numbers weren't that great, but that was also in part due Injury. to injuries <laughs> across the across the board. Um, here's who he's here's who he has put in place. He has Mike Lefleur, Matt Lefleur's younger brother, as the offensive coordinator. I saw Jets fans complain. Some Jets fans, idiots, complained about this, saying, "Why would you hire him? He's going to get taken away if he's good by another team." Well, that's good. You would prefer that than having an offensive coordinator you fire instead of. Uh, getting yeah. a head coach getting rides as a head coach oh no you got a really good <laughs> yeah you got a really sense. good coordinator for one year oh my god that sucks <laughs> yeah it makes no sense um i think that i think that i mean we've seen the kyle shanahan the mcveigh this is a kyle shanahan mcveigh tree right that's what yeah. this one is that's pretty much what all these are which is pretty uh <laughs> you know arthur smith clap of the hand you're a billionaire and else you're not off any of these trees um Oh, is he, is he, would you consider Arthur Smith part of, uh, part of Lafleur's tree, which is part of McVeigh's tree because he coached under him for a year. I don't know. I don't know the trees anymore. These are, these trees are bigger than sycamores. Okay. Honestly, like if you look at Andy Reid's tree, it's actually like, it doesn't make any sense (laughs) about how many people he's. Bill Belichick's tree includes Nick Saban. So, I mean, we just, we, we can solve this right now. Um, I like Sala. I like the higher in Sala. That's, the ultimate culture guy, which is what they desperately need following Gase. Uh, I think he's going to be good. I actually like some of these players on this, on this Jets team. I think that they have uh, a star tackle in Mekhi Becton. He's a monster. Um, I actually don't dislike Sam Darnold, although I do think that they're going to be the team that trades for Deshaun Watson in the long run. I think they're going to give up that second pick and probably the first round pick that they get from the Seahawks next season and maybe a couple of thirds. I, I don't I don't think they're going to get as much for Deshaun as people are saying, but I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe they do. Maybe they get three first rounders. Um, I like Denzel Mims. I like Crowder. Uh, they got I a think, good wide receiver core. I think you need to bring back uh, Marcus May, the safety. He's, a, he's an unrestricted free agent. You'd want him back. Um, but I do not think this team's actually as bad as any as as the record shows. Uh, yeah. I love CJ Mosley too, who opted out due to uh, due to COVID issues or not COVID issues, but he opted out of the season. I, I think that he's you know he he's probably a forgotten list on the linebackers, but he's been a great linebacker his entire career. 
I think this is a good fit. I think this is probably the best hire because we were consistently ranking him as, you know, a top three guy. I, I do think that this team probably shouldn't make that trade for Deshaun Watson, but I understand why they will if they do, because now you feel like you're in position to be contending in that division. The Bills are the best team in that division. The, yeah. the Dolphins are, you know, a quarterback away from being legitimate contenders. So they're going to be the bit, it's a bidding war between the Jets and, and the Dolphins. And then you have the, and then the, you have the Pats who um, reports are saying that they're going to be aggressive this offseason, which is uncharacteristic for them. I don't know how much I buy into those reports. We'll see how, how my Patriots, how my beloved Patriots do. I need to sneak them in. Bill Belichick, come on, man. You got to get us back there next year because Brady is a, uh, Brady's pissing on your legacy. It's it went from, you know, Tom Brady's assist Tom quarterback to wow, without Brady Belichick shit. Now I yeah, don't think that's nothing. true. <laughs> I don't buy into that. But uh it, it, you know, yeah. that's the narrative. There's no there's there's no gray area of NFL football. It has to be one or the other. Here's the take that I have, real quick Patriots take, because I haven't talked about them for a long time. Uh the first three Super Bowls were more on credit to Belichick. And the success from 2007, the, from 2000 to 2007, the success was more on Belichick because Brady was young. He wasn't great yet. From 2007 onward, it was mostly Brady with some Belichick uh, mystique involved there. And I think that you have to get the combination of the two to be successful like that for a long time. You have that not many other places. I would say that's Andy Reid and Mahomes, but Andy Reid's going to retire before Mahomes is at Brady's, you know, yeah level i mean realistically i give andy Reid like seven more years i don't think mahomes wins more than two more super bowls even if he wins this year i think it's one more after that um it takes it takes it takes a compatriotship between the between the coach and the and the quarterback anyways robert sala i like the hire i think that he's gonna turn it around i like who he's brought there his defensive coordinator is jeff Olbright. Olbright who is a 43-year-old himself who played with the 49ers for nine years. I did not know. I did not know who this guy is, but he played on the 49ers for nine years. Uh, and he, you know, he's coached since he retired, and he's a young guy. I think this is a young team coached by a lot of young guys, and, uh, you know, it's either going to be really good or really bad. And I think it's going to be really good. I think I've listened to a lot of interviews with, with Salah, he seems very composed and very ready to go. And you see him. I sometimes I've wondered how like these super emotional co- coaches on the sideline can translate to be head coaches. And with him, I'm not really worried about it working as much as I'm worried about the GM making the correct moves for the team. Now, the Jets are an odd situation. Before before you give your your take, Steve, the Jets are an odd situation because I do think getting Deshaun Watson is probably the right move if they can. But I don't think they're a quarterback away from being good. I think if you give up your draft capital for him, um, I guess you can recoup some of it if you trade for Sam, if you trade Sam Darnold if he's not part of the trade. The good thing would be is if you trade Sam Darnold to the Texans, and then you don't have to give him an additional first round first round pick. If they can keep that second pick, right? Or yeah. which I don't think is possible. I don't know. Never mind. They aren't going to be able to keep that second pick if they get Deshaun Watson. That's going immediately to Houston, and then they'd probably have to trade Darnold to a different suitor, and they can get a first round pick for him. I think if not a first, no, no, sorry, not with all the quarterbacks on the market this year, they can get a second rounder for him. Um, 
But that being said, I don't actually dislike Darnold like a lot of people. I think he's shown talent. Adam Gase is the QB killer of, of recent memory. We see Tannehill after Gase. We might see Darnold after Gase. So I don't know. I'm talking myself in a circle here. I actually like Salah. I like Darnold. I like Watson. Um, if they go for Watson, they just can't give up so much draft capital that it sets them back because they have more holes than just quarterback. And I don't actually view quarterback as a huge hole. I think Deshaun Watson's a massive upgrade from Sam Darnold, but I think that you have to look at what they'd be giving up versus what they'd get back if they actually use that on players. So that's my take on that. Like Robert Sala, I like the coaching staff he's put around him very young, which is what the NFL is moving towards. And uh, we'll see. Steve, that's your yeah, no. <laughs> I think the the Jets are kind of in a similar situation with the uh, with the Jags, where I think they're going to need a little bit of time to build the team and rebuild the culture. Um, mm-hmm. So I think Salah is great, great for uh, giving a little cultural reset to the Jets. Salah's so, getting at least four years. Uh, yeah, he's he's not going to be a two years and done kind of coach. So I think he's going to get time. I think this is one of the worst <laughs> divisions because I think the Pats are always going to be a hard team to beat and the Bills are just going to keep getting better and the Dolphins are seem to be taking a leap every year. So uh, I don't think this is a division you're going to win in your first three years. <laughs> Here are the – I agree. Here are the seven head coaches that were hired in 2016. All of them have been fired now. So in four years, all seven of the new coaches – from four years ago, I've been fired. Doug Peterson fired uh, the Super Bowl. <laughs> the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's actually a wild one. Mike Malarkey, Tennessee. He was fired a while ago. So, um, Mike Malarkey. That's crazy. Adam Gase has been fired twice, two times. That's that's more impressive. <laughs> fired by the Dolphins. Then winning a Super yeah. Bowl. <laughs> Dirk Cutter. Do you remember Dirk Cutter, Tampa Bay? No. No, I don't remember. Coach Tampa Bay before Arians, and he was uh, pretty bad. Hugh Jackson. Need I say more? Remember that one. (laughs) Ben McAdoo. Funny mustache. Remember that one. Funny mustache. And finally, there is Chip Kelly, who was fired from Philly the year prior. Hired by the 49ers. Did he only coach there for a year? I'm looking at a ranking of these coaches. Here is the ranking that they did. Doug Peterson, number seven. He won the Super Bowl, right? Number six, Mike Malarkey. Number five, Adam Gase. Number four, Dirk Cutter. Number three, Hugh Jackson. Number Hugh Jackson, number three. Number two, Ben McAdoo. And number one was Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly got a season. <laughs> so maybe our list is terrible. That was seven coaches there. You know, if, if if we're looking at that and saying history repeats itself, Dan Campbell, congratulations on the Super yeah, Bowl. Super Bowl 2024. Detroit. <laughs> congratulations, Dan. Um we can play yeah. this clip if that happens. <laughs> we should. Um, this is going to be next season. If we want to really project out that far, um, there's uh, here's here's some here's some head coaching jobs that are probably going to be available if you're just if you're just guessing. Um, let me look real quick. Bring it up. Da 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 da. Okay, NFL head coaches. So here's the list of probable places. Arizona, right? I don't think Kingsbury survives another season there. Yeah. Um, Chicago, Mad Nagy. This seems like a, you know, you have to, 
it doesn't seem like playoffs is good enough. You have to win a playoff game at least, right? He was on the yeah. he was on the Zach Taylor Cincinnati. You have Joe Burrow. He's six and twenty five there as a coach so far in two seasons. Yeah, uh, I think he only got a pass. He only got a pass this year because Joe Burrow got hurt. <laughs> yeah, Mike McCarthy, Cowboys. Vic Fangio, surprised he stayed. I understand that they yeah. had a lot of injuries think, too, but I think if he, as a Broncos fan, I think if since everyone seems to be coming back healthy and they're trying to make a play at some of the quarterbacks because they like to hire, they like to bring in veteran quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. So if they get in someone like, if they got someone like Stafford in and then they, they don't make the playoffs, I think he's gone. Yeah, I agree. But Mike if they're McCarthy, stuck with Drew Locke, he might get another year. Did I say Mike McCarthy already? <laughs> yeah, you did. Okay, Mike McCarthy. That's six. Okay, that's six. I'm counting. Um, John Gruden. I know he has a 10-year deal, but he's coached there for four years already. They're, they have no playoff appearances. So with, with a roster that at least should make the wild card. Yeah. He's 19 and 29 there. So that's seven. Um, Mike Zimmer in, in uh, Minnesota, that's eight. If they have that. That's, I think that's one of the most, I think that one and the Cardinals are like almost a guarantee. If, if either of those teams don't make the playoffs, they're gone. Yeah. Agree. Um, and then that's, that's eight. And then I'm looking at this list and, that's pretty much it. I would say this. I would actually think Bill Belichick might retire after next season. Uh, wouldn't I? No, I'm not. I don't predict that. But I'd say he's he's up there in age. Pete Carroll too. Even though, even though Pete Carroll signed a new contract, Belichick's 68 and Carroll is. I think Pete uh, Carroll is going to live forever. Pete Carroll looks so young. He's 69. So or he's yeah. going to be 70 at the start of next season. Yeah. So you that that those two are possible retirements. Andy Reid, if they win the Super Bowl this year, I can see him. He's 62. Never mind. Any reason on two. At least 62. Although, yeah, he does have some, for like he does have four some or five more years before. But yeah, I think I don't think he retired. So yeah, you got about eight where not all eight will open up. I assume one of those teams will make the playoffs or, or be close. But you look at those seven, and I think that those jobs are a lot more illustrious than what we saw this season that are going to be open, especially especially the teams with quarterbacks like Arizona, like Dallas. Uh, sorry, Steve, I'm not going to put Denver in there. But maybe, maybe if they get Stafford, you're right. Maybe. So, okay. Benny, welcome to the pod. Hey, sorry, guys. I was just chain-smoking cigarettes for the last uh, two hours. I can't, I can't sleep. I can't sleep. Benny, why are you chain-smoking cigarettes, man? No, I can. I thought we got you off this. Uh, I'm back on. I'm back on the nick. Back on the nicotine. Oh. Just chew gum, Benny. Come on. Well, Benny, wow, he left the, he's mad at us. Whoa. Sorry. He left the call. Hi, Benny. Benny, Jesus. Um, okay. Well, that's about it, Stephen. We will be back on Sunday. We're going to do an NBA episode on Sunday. This is what we're going to do. NBA. And then Wednesday. Ooh, playoff pre or Super Bowl preview extravaganza. Oh, boy. I'm excited. What way are you leaning right now? You leaning to the Chiefs still? Yep. Wow. What would you do? Where, where, if the, if Tom Brady loses this, is a legacy ruined? <laughs> no, I think it's very impressive that you switched teams and made the Super Bowl. If he wins this, is he the best athlete of all time? And like, is he in the, is he a fit? Because people try to say, like, yeah, well, you know, he's not that fast or anything, but he's playing the hardest position in all the team sports. So is he, he's not the, does best it change athlete. anything? If he wins this, does it change anything or does it just add to his resume? He's not the, I guess athlete is the correct term, but 
I don't think he's the best athlete of like he's not the most athletic person of all time, but he's yeah, the most, the, he's the, the best winner. Yeah, he's a he's the best athlete of all time. I think he already is. I do too. Uh, I think people that are saying like he if he wins this, he's entering or Jordan territory. Uh winning an NBA finals is much easier than winning the Super Bowl because yeah, you also I mean, for example, look at the NCAA tournament in college basketball. The best team very rarely wins that because it's all one game scenarios. In an NBA playoff format, the team with the best player typically wins because you play the best of seven. Um, Making a Super Bowl is incredibly hard. Tom is going to his 10th. That is as many. I'm doing this off the top of my head. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm misadding it. But that's as many as Peyton, Breeze, Rodgers, Wilson, uh, Eli, anybody else like that's been that's that's like one Super Bowls that we can think of. That's more than basically everybody combined that we can think of has been to the Super Bowl. And he's been, I mean, he's been to as many Super Bowls in the NFC as uh, as Rodgers or Breeze, right? So, yeah. I mean, it's it's the resume is untouchable, and yeah. I think that if he beats Mahomes, going through Breeze, Rogers, and Mahomes, he's not going to retire. <laughs> he's he, like people are like, why play? Why keep playing? You know how Brady's going to retire? He's going to retire like a boxer. You're going to have to. He's going to have to get knocked out. Like he's going to have to. He's going to get, get embarrassed. Knocked yeah, out. He's like got a suck. second he's round. Gonna, <laughs> he's got a suck. And um, now Dan Marino's last playoff game, I think he lost six to sixty-three or something like that. That's a yeah, tough was... way to go out, <laughs> but uh, it was something like, it might not have been six to 63, but it was like, but I mean, Brady is going to come back next year. He still has it. Like he's still great. And I think that this though, winning this one would be, this one would be uh, unbelievable, but uh, I picked him. So I mean, <laughs> maybe I believed it all along. My Super Bowl yeah. pick was the, I said this in the, I listened to this on the beginning of when Benny and I did the, NFL preview and my Super Bowl pick was the Bucks Ravens. But I said, I was like, I think it's going to be the Chiefs, but I ain't picking the Chiefs because I hate them. So, <laughs> so I did Bucks. I mean, technically, I was correct. I, I said, I think it's going to be the Chiefs. I just didn't pick them. I should have bet the Super Bowl futures then that it would be Bucks Chiefs. I would have been, uh, I would have been rich as the GameStop traders. And that will conclude our podcast. I am telling everybody right now, buy Nakia tomorrow. I'm going to blast off. Honestly, don't buy it. But buy it if you want to. Use your own yeah. money. Figure We're not out. financial advisors. We don't provide any financial advice. Do at your own risk. Yeah, I mean, listen, I don't might not even us. buy it. I might tell everybody to buy it, and I might not buy it. So I'm probably going to buy it. But maybe I won't. But maybe. Maybe I will. So, okay. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Benny. <laughs> Sorry, I just took a bad drink. Oh, Benny, are you okay? Smoker's cough. Well, thank Benny, you, Benny, two at once? Oh, my God. God. Jesus. Are you doing 500 cigarettes for 5G? Okay, that was thanks. the funniest fucking video. Uh, thanks, Steve. Thanks, Benny. <laughs> Have a good one. We'll, we'll talk Wednesday. Basketball! Woo!